Welcome to the new pod order, brought to you by FFD260, with your hosts, Joel, Nick, and Alfredo. Welcome to another episode of the new pod order. Um, Nick and Joel will not be making it, so you're with Alfredo and special guest Mitchell Renz. Hey man, yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, my name is Mitchell Renz. Please follow me on Twitter at MitchellRenz365. I'm the senior writer at a company called Chat Sports. Check them out at Chat Sports on Instagram, Twitter. We have do awesome shows on Facebook, 140,000 live there. So please check us out there. I'm a writer for Gridiron Experts, the Fantasy Footballers, and Fantasy Pros. So fantasy football is my life. Yeah, he gets he gets all over the place. Um, thanks <laughs> for being a guest on our podcast here. Um, Happy gonna, to be here. Going to jump right into some Thursday news from this past Thanksgiving games. So Keenum has won seven straight games and is not getting backed by Coach Zimmer. Is Do you think that's hurting him, or do you think it's just keeping a chip on his shoulder? I think it's kind of keeping a chip on a guy like Case Keenum's shoulder. Like, he's failed in other systems like the Rams, and, you know, he's failed with Houston. But, I mean, he's been really good for fantasy. I mean, we're talking like 17. I think he scored over – he scored over 17 fantasy points in the last four weeks, but it's been like 17, 28, 17, 24. Like, he's been pretty reliable, but – Again, they drafted Teddy Bridgewater to be that franchise quarterback. So I think, like, that's really truly – like, they know, te- like, once Teddy's healthy, it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater. But, I mean, I'm not going to argue anything that Mike Zimmer does. I think Mike Zimmer right now is the coach of the year. You tell me how many teams lose their franchise quarterback and then the other guy that they signed, Sam Bradford, plus their rookie running back, Dalvin Cook, and still lead the division and have a solid record at 10-2. and I don't know many coaches that could do it, so – my hat's off to Mike Zimmer. I think he's coach of the year. So my question is, like you said, Bridgewater could be their, or looking to be their franchise quarterback. They, sh- I know he he hurt his knee pretty well, like what yeah. two seasons ago. Um, now yep. and he's he they didn't pick up his fifth year, so now they're gonna have to sign him for like a decent sized deal, like a Glennon deal. Hopefully, if they could get away with it hmm. for a couple of years or even a one year deal, like play for yourself and see what happens. Do you think that it was not a which way would have been a better way to go is the Glennon option or picking up his fifth year um I think I think probably going like a short-term deal with a guy like Bridgewater so maybe giving him a shorter deal like a Glennon um unfortunately we don't know what he's going to look like coming back from a knee injury and I don't want to use the RG3 comparison because I think they're two totally different quarterbacks oh yeah but but RG3 once he screwed up his knee was totally different and from a guy who's torn his ACL himself, like I still don't really have like the confidence in that knee, but Bridgewater's injury was 10 times worse than just a torn ACL. So I think they just want to see like what he's got, what he can do, but I'd be surprised if they don't let Keenum finish out this season. Yeah, it'd be silly to change right now, especially leading the division and having this opportunity to play their Super Bowl at home. Yeah, no, oh, wow, yeah, that's true. Thielen is now the second receiver to break a thousand yards he posted 889 and no touchdown sadly but still a good day for ppr players um yeah no dylan's been dylan's been great i mean here's a trivia question for you believe it or not um i i guess i'll ask uh try not to totally butcher this so do you believe it or not that adam Thielen has more than five catches in every single game yes you do yes because okay. um i don't know if you've ever seen uh at wrecked fantasy on twitter um he writes for dlf i think um he was he posted that in a trivia question actually like two weeks ago 
And, I mean, he, the Thielen's just been going off the last two weeks, balling out with tons of catches. And I think he had, what, two touchdowns last week? Yeah, so, I mean, that's the thing, though. Like, I get so many questions every single week about Adam Thielen, and I don't want to, like, sit here and sound, like, you know, ticked off, but, like, it's starting to tick me off. Like, he's a wide receiver one. He's he's all, Him and Antonio Brown are the only receivers with over 1,000 yards. Five catches in every single game this year, like, Let's start giving Adam Thielen the respect that he deserves. And I understand it's the name isn't sexy, but I say it all the time on my Fantasy Football Rumors podcast, fantasy points are sexy, and that's what I want, and that's what Adam Thielen gives. So you got to have a Thielen to play him. <laughs> um, Kyle Rudolph is returning to some relevance after a few quiet weeks in a row. Uh, I think he's posted two, he posted two touchdowns Thursday, and yep. last week I think he posted another one as well. Um, he was a better start for me in a couple leagues if I would have over Zach Ertz, but it's hard to put him in over Ertz. Yeah, I'm not benching Ertz. Um, and then we got Lat Murray seeing 15-plus carries. At, I think it's out of the sixth straight week, and he's posted a touchdown or over, I think it was like 50 yards in each of those games. So is he becoming somebody that you can start with confidence? Yeah, I mean, anytime you're getting a running back who, yeah, 15 carries in six straight weeks now, I believe, as well. And I think, I just think right now, Murray and McKinnon, I think they went out and they got Murray for a reason this offseason. And I read a report that he wasn't really healthy. And then they had that late, I think it was like week 10 bye. And that really helped Murray's ankle get healthy again. And now they're really just starting to run him. And with the team that wants to control the clock, run the football, and lean on that defense, like Murray's the guy to do it. Personally, I don't think Murray is all that talented. Um, I've always kind of said that. I don't really think he's that special of a running back. But, I mean, they're giving him the ball. And then a guy like Rudolph. I mean, Rudolph, 63 receiving yards. He was, what, four for 63 for two touchdowns this past week. And his 63 receiving yards, it's the first time he ever – first time this season he went over 50 receiving yards. So, like, I don't, I'm still kind of, like, pumping the brakes a little bit on Rudolph. Yes, he's still a touchdown guy, but – like, there's a part of me that doesn't know if Case Keenum can keep this up, but then there's another part of me that, man, I really hope so. It's almost like not saying any comparison to Watson or Wentz or guys like that, but he's got all these weapons to go around now, and he's just spreading the ball around so much that it's hard to cover just one guy. So For sure. They have so many weapons out there with Diggs, Thielen, and Thielen could be getting all these looks because everybody's more worried about Diggs going off when now it's going to be the opposite and we could start seeing Diggs take off in this late stretch yeah. here. Um, I just think it helps when you have a good offensive line. They made some oh, changes. Yeah. They, they got a running game to an extent now. Um, McKinnon and Murray are working out together as a nice one-two punch. Um, but, man, these Vikings, they're they are making me nervous. I mean, yeah. especially if the Eagles, I'm going to the game tomorrow, but they can't can't lose their home field. That's, that's going to be a big <laughs> big thing there uh, moving on to Cowboys and Chargers is there anybody that you can see startable until Zeke returns to play in this Cowboys offense well I'm down here in Dallas right now and I'm telling you what man you could have literally heard a pin drop after that Cowboys loss this past week on Thanksgiving and I mean they've scored 20 points the last three games without Zeke Dak zero touchdowns five picks hasn't thrown for over 180 yards in any of the games without Zeke. So, like, I understand, like, two of those games where they're out were without Tyron Smith, and he got sacked 12 times in those two games. But, like, 
I don't know. I don't know if maybe we're starting to see Dak get exposed a little bit. Jason Garrett needs to figure out what the heck's going on because do I think Ezekiel Elliott is no doubt the best player on that team offensively? Yeah, I do. But to just fall apart like this is mind blowing to me. And they're just not drawing up plays. I mean, they've been outscored seventy-two to six in the second half this season. Like, wow. like that can't happen. Number. No, you can't. You can't win ball games that way. Like, like to me, like they're just not making adjustments in the second half. So. Um, or maybe it's like the last like few games. I don't want to say season. It doesn't sound right. Well, I mean, they blew they blew a twenty point lead to the Rams, and yeah, I believe the Cowboys were at home for that one. Yep, but like they're just not targeting Dez as much as I think they should. Like even if like you just got to throw him the ball sometimes because I mean, who are you going to rely on? Bryce Butler, Cole Beasley, Witten. But I mean, they need to figure out what's going on. I don't think Rod Smith and Alfred Morris have been all that bad. It's been Dak. Um, they're just trying to sling it too much with a guy like Dak, who doesn't have the arm to do it. And you can tell he's pressing right now. But right now, start your offenses against the Dallas defense. Because without Sean Lee, I'm telling you what, they're giving up like 34 points a game. They're giving up like 150 rushing yards a game. For DFS, start start your running back, start your players against the Cowboys because they're banged up. And like this past week, they tried to take away the run. And then what did Phillip Rivers do? Just threw for 430 yards. And Keenan Allen went for 178-2. and two. So... Like, this defense right now is bad. Yeah, I I hate watching the Cowboys be good, and I don't know if the <laughs> fandom sits to the Cowboys, but I hate watching them be this bad, too, just because it makes the division rivalry a lot better. And when we – I mean, I thought it was going to be a good game all the way through when it was 9-7 to last week, and all of a sudden we just came out and dropped 30, which I was cool we dropped 30 because we won, but I like seeing those shootouts in those, in those division games. Um Keenan Allen returning to the spotlight. I know you mentioned a little bit about that, about how he went off. Do you? He's got to be a guy that's going to help you win a championship if you can get him on your roster because of how their schedule lines up. He's got two home games and two away games during the main part of the playoffs. Do you think you go out there and pay two ones or three ones to grab him after back-to-back good weeks, or do you think it's just a little stretch that he might go on? Well, I will say two weeks ago, um, if you guys want another, I don't mean to like totally fringe on your podcast, no, but we do cool. a video podcast at Chat Sports called the Fantasy Football Rumors Podcast, and my co-host Tom Downey, follow him at What Going Downey, was like, you got to buy low on Keenan Allen, and I was totally on board with it too because I was like, you got to buy low on Phillip Rivers. The Chargers schedule gets fairly simple, and it's been fairly simple. And they're 5-2 and two in their last seven games. I think they're going to win the division. If they end up making the playoffs, it'll be the first time since 1930 that a team has started 0-4 and, and then made the playoffs. So, And I think they're the best team in that division, which blows my mind saying that That's right crazy. now. But I think it's you absolutely have to go out and try to get Keenan Allen if you still can. I would have said, obviously, buying low on him two weeks ago was the way to do it. Um, I, I, did, I was able to do it in a few leagues, but now... The price tag is probably going to be really high, and I think a lot of trade deadlines have probably passed, unless you're in a different kind of league. Um, but, I mean, yeah, if you can still go out and get Keenan Allen, I mean, I'm definitely not going to say no to that because he's starting to be a focal point. Yeah, I hurt myself in one league. Um, I had Phillip Rivers pick him up on a waiver claim and sat on my bench, and I looked at my score, and I was like, <laughs> I know I picked up Phillip, and I looked, I was like, oh, man, 30 points bench. Anyways, that was hurtful. But, yeah, I – think i've seen that on the fantasy rumors podcast that you got i was watching a couple of them um cool. that uh keenan was a big piece for him and i think you were drinking like your orchard angry orchard at that time <laughs> you guys are on that um yeah well, we uh at chat sports we get i mean we have like a few kegs 
So like they recycle them every like week or two. Depends how quick we can kick them. <laughs> and the uh, yeah, so we had Angry Orchard. This week we have Purple Haze. If anybody's ever heard of um, Abita Brewing Company, Purple Haze. If you like lager, it's this like awesome like raspberry lager. It sounds kind of weird, but oh my gosh, it's good. Like it's gonna go quick. Oh man, um, that sounds that sounds like something I gotta try. If they have anything about out here with it, I tried some oh. weird little place yesterday. Um, I'm from I'm from PA. I'm actually coming to Philly in uh, two weeks. So, well, I'm from sh- Chicago, so I understood the Central Time. How you how you mm-hmm. to get your sleep in today? Uh, cool. So now the last last game of the week for Thursdays. This um, P Ryan went off for 130 yards without Thompson, and he's looking like he's getting some confidence going. I think he, I know he didn't have that many, he had 24 rushing yards, or 24 attempts for 100 rushing yards, and then I believe three catches for 30 yards. He's starting yep. to get something going there. He's got Byron Marshall behind him, which I don't think he's that big of a threat to any part of his game. Uh, he's only been there for a week. Do we want to keep running him as a RB2 high, or like a ceiling one play? Well, I'll say like this past week, Samaj P. Ryan was like my top guy to pick up on waiver wire. P. Ryan... P. Ryan was the guy who I absolutely loved coming out of Oklahoma, right? So he's like the all-time leading rusher out of Oklahoma. This dude, I thought he was a pretty good comp to a guy like Michael Turner. This guy's legs are like the size of my torso. Like He just would steam truck people at Oklahoma, but he was kind of always shadowed by Joe Mixon. But I mean, like, the first few weeks of the season, or like realistically up until like the last two weeks, P. Ryan just, he looked like he just didn't have any confidence. And I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say, but he just, like, didn't look like he had any, like, balls to, like, run between the tackles. Like, he looked scared. He looked scared to fumble. And now that Thompson's hurt, like, I feel like he's like, all right, like, this is my backfield. Like, I don't have anybody to worry about. And he's running that way. Like, and he's running strong. He's running powerful. And And he's not turning the ball over, which he was having that struggle in the first few weeks. That's the thing. Like, I, I think rookie running backs a lot of times are like, oh, my God, I can't fumble. Oh, my God, I can't fumble. And then you think about it so much like you don't concentrate on like running and hitting your lanes or doing everything like that you know you're very very good at and then you as soon as like you get like kind of confident like okay maybe the NFL is not as hard as what I think it is bang you're gonna get rocked and then yeah like the ball's gonna come out but like good running backs fumble sometimes Kareem Hunt first play fumble that's what I mean oh man I I took a major L on that one I don't know if like I, I could tell you a story after that'll pretty much blow your mind, but okay. no, I, I'll, we'll, <laughs> okay. we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Anyways, referring to P. Ryan's legs looking like Renz's torso, if uh, he loses <laughs> his bet to what's going down, he, uh, oh, you're going to be <laughs> you're gonna be able to get the comparison in. Um, anyways, Ingram is behind Cooper, Amari Cooper, and drops with nine. Now, he's cooled off. And after he had a four-game streak of touchdowns to the last two games, totaling four for 27, you starting to worry about the rookie getting targeted more with OBJ being out and Sterling being not being in the lineup. Um, I don't know. So here's like, I I really just don't want to touch any part of this Giants offense right now. Yeah. Like, like Eli Manning is the first quarterback in NFL history to throw 100 interceptions with the franchise, which I just find hilarious. Like, that's news to me. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't. That's, you didn't know that. That's that's bad. Or, that's bad news. Yeah. Well, but I'm just saying. Like, has Evan Ingram impressed me this season? No doubt. Like, he's looked really good. I mean, we're talking the last like 18 years. Only 
three rookie tight ends have ever had over 500 yards and what is it, five touchdowns. And Ingram's going to do that. And Ingram's like was on pace to break Gronk's record for most fantasy points scored by a rookie tight end. But I don't think that's going to happen anymore. I, I just think teams are starting to key in on Ingram simply because like they don't have anybody else there. Like they're throwing to Roger Lewis and yeah, Shane Vereen and like exactly like it's it's so ugly right now to watch that Giants team. But do I think Evan Ingram has a bright future? Hell yeah! And like for dynasty owners, you should be excited. Oh, when OBJ returns, he should be good. Like he won't be as targeted as much. He won't be worrying about guys going over going to hit him over the middle. I watched a little bit of that game before. I couldn't watch the Dudes Fest anymore. Uh, Ingram was about to get labeled on a short short catch for a first down, and just I think he was worried about the footsteps. That's what I think he was worried about there. He had a guy behind him, guy in front of him, taking a big hit. Is just I don't know if it's worth it for that team for him to get hurt <laughs> this sure. season. Yeah. Uh, so we'll move on to our Sunday Monday Sunday games through Monday. Juju's out. Do you think Martavis has a chance to returning to the spotlight against this weak Green Bay defense? at home uh no i'm just gonna be blunt with you because i feel like that's what you have to do with martavis be blunt so and i just thanks man no i just i'm not gonna trust martavis bryant like i can't like you can't give me a reason to trust him like the steelers don't trust him like i think juju is a good player but from a talent standpoint martavis bryant is way more talented than juju smith schuster sorry he is he is like unbelievably talented it's just like the dude just can't put it together upstairs and he's just like he's got a problem between very, the ears yeah like he does and he's got a problem with the team and i just think that this is a game where i mean we just saw the green bay packers get shut out by the baltimore ravens and no disrespect to the baltimore ravens but like i, I think the ravens have an unbelievable defense and i think the steelers have a very good defense and i just think this is going to be a Le'Veon bell antonio brown game which is probably what it should be every single week realistically but I mean, Bell right now, I mean, he leads the NFL and carries 232, 49 catches. Like, this guy's on pace to just have, like, 450 touches in an NFL season, which is pretty mind-blowing. But I I just don't think the Packers can keep up with the Steelers. It's a 14-game or 14, what is it, point advantage for the Steelers. So I don't I don't want to trust Bryant, not in this game. I, I think he could just be somebody. I don't want to say that Green Bay is going to double-team him because I don't think they have the personnel to cover anybody. No. Um, one-on-one regardless but he might see a decent amount of usage I would say due to the fact that they're just going to want to get out front real quick and then probably pound the rock and then rest their guys and if Jones comes in they're going to play their backup wide receiver which could be Bryant and get them guys going you know could be I mean like I can understand the thought process but if you're going to rely on Landry Gar- Jones. Jones. Garbage time, yeah. <laughs> Garbage Jones, that's a nickname. It's definitely accurate. But, no, I, I don't know, man. If you want to trust Brian, maybe it's a sneaky DFS play. And if he goes off, hit me up on Twitter and just kind of rub it in on me. But, I don't know. He's all you. Uh, I'll, t- I'll take a chance on that one. All uh, right. Matt Moore is starting in place of Jay Cutler. That's out with a concussion against New England in New England. Division game. Uh Kenny Stills has seen whenever Matt Moore whenever Matt Moore has played in these games, uh, Matt Moore's only touchdowns have game have gone to Kenny Stills. I don't know if you noticed that. Um, I think he put up 330 yards, and I can't recall. I think it was 18 catches. Uh, yeah. So he's been pretty big with Matt Moore's, like how Jay Cutler was in love with the DVP. Matt Moore's in love with Kenny Stills. 
Do you think yeah, no, he's worth starting? Keep going. Do you think he's worth starting this week as even like a wide receiver three or possibly a two? I mean, the way that I'll look at it is he he's shown the upside with a guy like Matt Moore. So the one cool thing about these Thanksgiving games is I'm going to go, like if I'm in a matchup where I played Keenan Allen or if I played Phillip Rivers and I'm in a big hole, I'm going to play a player who I think has high upside in my flex because I'm in a big hole. So like that's one cool thing like we know now going in to Sunday. Like, But if I'm in a comfortable position, I'm not going to start You're a guy like Kenny Stills. Play. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with the better floor, which is, like I think, something that we need to recommend doing, especially when there's all these Thursday games. But, again, like, shout-out to my man, Andrew Erickson, at uh, Gridiron Experts. But he was, like, the guy that showed me, like, all this. He writes an awesome waiver wire article, and he was, like, talking about just how amazing Kenny Stills is with Matt Moore. So, like, I saw it. I dug into the numbers. I'm like, yeah, like, he, he's good. But then I dug into the numbers because he's also a Patriots fan, and the New England Patriots the last six games haven't given up more than 17 points. Like the Miami Dolphins are, I believe their quarterbacks this year have 13 interceptions. That's the second, third most in the NFL. They're 30th in yards, 31st in points scored. I think if there's any matchup to go with this week, it's the Patriots defense because Patriots defense has actually been playing much, much better the last six weeks. And I think there's going to be a few turnovers, we'll say, to say the least, for Matt Moore in that Dolphins game. I mean, Patriots are favored by, like, 17 points. Gilmore seems to be a lot healthier than he was the first couple weeks, or at least understanding the defense a lot more. For um, sure. Butler has been exposed, in my opinion, in a couple couple different plays of the games where Sanders was just blown by him. I don't know if you happen to watch that game. Um, but Sanders was making nice cuts, and Butler was kind of looking lost. And then, for whatever reason, the Broncos stopped targeting Sanders and they ended up getting blown out of that game. Hmm. Um, but like you're saying, Kenny Stills is definitely a nice um, high ceiling guy. But yeah, yep. if you got if you got the lead, yeah, I'd take the safer guy. That's going to give you solid 10 points. But if you're needing like 20 points to catch up, I think Stills can do that easily this week just because okay. they could get blown out. And like we're saying, garbage time, um, Stills... Yep they're going to have to throw to catch up or they're just going to be down with that high spread you're saying they got they yeah. got to keep up pace uh, that's going to be a brutal division game for the dolphins <laughs> another another tough week for them any yeah, other sure. fans uh seahawks secondary is kind of in shambles they're missing three or two out of the three big legion of boom guys uh sherman's out for the season with the achilles cam's been ruled out and shaq griffin's out for this game so they got guys like Byron Maxwell starting, who they let walk in free agency. And I think Jeremy Lane, who they tried trading. So two guys that they really didn't care for starting at corner. Does this help you want us, if you're looking for a cheap play in DFS or if you're looking for somebody that could potentially give you, if you're down in that hole, are you looking to start C.J. Beathard this week? Oh, man. Like I understand the 49ers. Well, who's home? I, who's home? The 49ers. The 49ers, huh? Yes. 49ers are home. It's one of those things, like, I really don't want to trust C.J. Beathard because these are the kind of games the Seahawks and 49ers have gone back, and they're lower-scoring games. They're just tough NFC West, like, run the ball. If there is one guy who I'm going to consider playing in DFS, it's Carlos Hyde. because He's had success against Seattle. Correct. Like, he was the only running back last season to have over 100 yards against Seattle, which was, like, they're really good defense. Yes. This Earlier in the season, he had over 100 rushing yards. And, I mean, some guys, I just think, like, some teams just get super hyped up still to play the Seattle Seahawks. Like, there's still, like, that team that runs that division. Like, 
I understand the Rams are in first place, but I still think like everybody in that division wants to take their anger out on a team like the Seahawks. And yeah. but again, then it's like the 49ers. Carlos Hyde's really the only guy I'm going to trust. Like I really don't want to trust Beathard. Um, I, I just can't trust him. Like there's so many other solid quarterback options out there. Maybe if you're in a two QB league, which I'm in a two QB league, and Case Keenum and C.J. Beathard are my starting quarterbacks, and I went from being six and zero with Aaron Rodgers. Andrew Luck and Deshaun Watson thinking, man, I am going to clearly go through this two quarterback season. And now I am, I think, uh, seven and five or six and five, whatever the hell I am. Uh, it's been a rough streak, but Case and uh, CJ, I'm trying to just, I guess, try to get through to the, to the playoffs. Um, but nobody cares about my fantasy team. So, uh, no, I'm not going to trust CJ Beathard. Sorry. Okay, that's that's fine. I mean, I I'm not gonna say just like you're saying two QB league. I can trust them even if I have some other options. Um, I just throwing your pain out there with it. I had Aaron Rodgers and Carson Wentz to start the year, so I was like, I was already high on Wentz because I'm an Eagles fan. And then Rodgers is just like they're gonna carry me in this QB league. <laughs> um, and then Rodgers went down, so I had to make some moves. Um, yep. Marquise Goodwin could be good for a deep threat though for this game. Yep. Uh, can't remember who they played a couple weeks ago. It, it was it. It might have been the Giants where he went and got that deep yep. touchdown. I think it was his only catch on the day, but that's that's what the guy's made. That's what he's good for. I think he was a track star and just converted football player. So I think he could be somebody that you could throw in if you're down in a hole, needing to get some points. Yeah. No. I mean, like again, like the Seahawks defense is is not healthy. I mean. They gave up what it was like thirty-four to the, or they gave up like thirty plus to the Redskins. They just gave up thirty to the Falcons. Like yep. th- this team is banged up, and I'm not comparing the 49ers' offense to those teams. But again, like the Seattle Seahawks do not give up thirty plus points at home. No, they don't. They're good teams. They're when they have their defense out there, they're good. Like their starting defense, they're not giving up that. Maybe yeah, well, that's every, what I mean. Like every sixteen games at home. But that's what I mean. Like, like when the Se- when the Seahawks defense was healthy, I mean, they went into Lambeau Week One and they held Aaron Rodgers and the Packers to 17 points. Like, like that's how good this defense truly is. And yep. they're just they're so banged up right now. So it's not the same Seahawks defense. No. So Tyrod is back in the saddle in Buffalo <laughs> yeah. against, against the Kansas City Chiefs after Peterman's five interceptions in the first two quarters, and Kansas City just made a big move. Uh, we don't know how big it is until we watch them play tomorrow, but their their secondary's not the greatest. They've been giving up the most points to wide receivers. Uh, made signed Darrell Rivas back in, and now he should be starting across from Peters. I would think if he's got enough, if he's in enough shape. Do you think uh, Tyrod gives you a solid fifteen to twenty points, or do you think that the signing might scare them from throwing it to guys? Well, I mean, you can't really be much worse than what the Chiefs have been. So the Chiefs right now, I mean, they've given up the most touchdowns of wide receivers this season with, I believe, like 15. And, yeah, that, that secondary minus Peters has been just an absolute train wreck. But Tyrod Taylor's home and road splits are actually pretty significant this year. And I just I don't really know how many people I really truly want to trust in this game in general. Like, the Chiefs have lost four of the last five games. Alex Smith doesn't look to be as promising. And then, yeah, I mean, Buffalo – what the hell were they doing with Peterman? Like, you benched a quarterback. You benched Tyrod Taylor where if the playoffs would have started last week, the Bills would have made the playoffs. Like, like not – believe me, I will never, ever wish 
what happened to Peterman on anybody because that's horrible. Like six of 14, 66 yards, five picks, and one half of football. And then Tyrod came out second half, looked really good. Like he's always going to re- be remembered for that game. But uh, man, like I, Kelvin's I'm been not, ruled out. So that's another yeah. thing. There is Kelvin's been ruled out of this game already. Yeah, maybe Charles Clay because like Tyrod and Charles Clay had a pretty good connection. But if there's, I mean, like I'm going to start like Lashawn McCoy, obviously. But I think a guy who I think is a really sneaky DFS play and just a sneaky play in general this week is Cream Hunt. So uh, it kind of kills me to say that because, like you said, like I have a bet with Tom on our Fantasy Rumors podcast. We have this, like, habanero ghost pepper, like, hot sauce at work. Like, dude, it's, like, almost illegal to have here, like, in Texas. Like, it's unbelievable. And, yeah, if Cream Hunt outscores Alvin Kamara, I have to do a show without a shirt on and apparently without pants on now is, like, the new thing. So – Regardless, yeah, you nobody cares. Down. Yeah, I double down. Uh, but Kareem Hunt has scored more fantasy points the first three weeks than he has the last seven. He's starting to slow down a little bit. This Chiefs team is starting to slow down. But the Bills right now are giving up. So the Bills traded Marcel Darius to the Jags. Like, if people want to really know how good Marcel Darius is, before Marcel Darius was traded to the Jags, the Jags were giving up 138 rushing yards a game. Like last now they're giving Now they're giving up only 55. The Buffalo Bills, since they traded Darius, are giving up 212 rushing yards per game. Like, 212 rushing yards per game. Start Kareem Hunt. Get him out there with a little bit of confidence. I think this team needs to go back to just feeding Kareem Hunt. Like, that's when they were winning games. And, like, I understand Alex Smith is having an unbelievable season. But I feel like Andy Reid's trying to put too much on Alex Smith's plate. And we've seen it for 12 years now. He's not a guy that's – he's not Aaron Rodgers. Like, he's not Tom Brady. He's not Drew Brees. Let him control the game. Ugh. Do we think that Andy Reid's trying to help Smith get a payday, payday by trying to get him all these numbers? <clears throat> or do you think that he's trying to make him look worse to try to get him to sign back in Kansas City for next season? I don't know. I, I, I mean, I want him to go to Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, I think, coming out of the draft, was the guy who I think has like the highest upside. Like, I think you could argue he has the strongest arm in the NFL right now. Like that preseason play where he's on the run and just like off his back foot with that deep throw was like, there's I've never seen somebody do it like that. Like people can't like that's the thing. Like he threw he threw a football 64 miles per hour at his pro day. Like the NFL record at the combine is 62. So um, like this guy has seriously seriously elite arm talent. Like arm talent we've like never seen before. So I want to see him on the field, but. I don't know. From this game, man, like I'm not starting Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill Tyree Kill at home just has not put up fantasy points. Like his home and road splits are literally laughable. Like he's got like four hundred yards, four touchdowns, like on the road, which like it's like ninety percent of his fantasy points have come on the road. Um Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt's the only guy I'm gonna start. <laughs> Sorry. I mean I'd start I'd still start Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Yeah, there, yeah. there we go. I'd start I'd, I mean, you shouldn't have to have to worry about starting him. I mean, Alex Smith just loves him. And that's yep. just somebody that I don't think he's ever going to lose a target of. Uh, <clears throat> Paxton Lynch is one of those younger quarterbacks. Came out the year before Mahomes. Uh, and now he's starting. And Simeon returns as a backup after being uh, inactive the previous week. Do we think that they can have a chance to score some points against these Cowboys? Um, for Or not, Raider, not Raiders. the Raiders this week, yes. But since the Cowboys game, they've been really bad in that offense that offense is whatever reason they played the cowboys scored a ton of points had a great rushing day and now they've kind of fallen off the wagon yeah. and not looking that great 
So I'll say, like, this is a really interesting game. So the Broncos fired their offensive coordinator, and now the quarterback's coach is now their new offensive coordinator. And then the Raiders just fired their defensive coordinator, and now they have a new defensive coordinator. I will say either I'm going to live in the flames with this one, or, like, this is either going to be such a hit or it's going to be a miss. So I'm playing Paxton Lynch and Emmanuel Sanders in DFS this week. The Oakland Raiders, do you know how many interceptions they have this year? Goose egg. Zero interceptions, which is a joke. They're, the, yeah, their first round pick or second round pick, Gary on Conley went on to the yep, IR. He's hurt. But even like they have uh what's his name? I I can't even think of it. Regardless, not important. He um, has no picks, so <clears throat> yeah, they have zero interceptions as a defense, but also their completion percentage that they're giving up is over seventy two percent. The NFL record for completion percentage in a year was set by Sam Bradford last year, seventy one point six. Drew Brees has actually tied that right now. So, like, every quarterback that has played the Oakland Raiders this year is breaking the NFL record for completion percentage. Like, that's how bad they are right now in this secondary. And, again, like, I don't want to believe – I don't really think Paxton Lynch is all that great, and I think they're kind of going with him because they're like, all right, this is a lost season. we got to see what's going on. But I think Paxton Lynch is a, at least an athletic enough of a guy. And also, last season in the three games Lynch started, he targeted Emmanuel Sanders 10.5 times a game. I was trying to look up some numbers about him before we got on here, but that's that's almost like Matt Moore love of Kenny Stills there. Well, that's what I mean. Like 10, 10.5 targets a game, I mean, like that's how many targets Antonio Brown's averaging right now. Like like that's how high of a target share that Emmanuel Sanders got with Lynch. And in the first two games that Lynch played, he had 13 targets in both of those games, 80 yards. He did score a touchdown on one, but I don't know. I mean, if Lynch really likes Sanders, I think it's a sneaky, sneaky play that you can go with. And I, I don't know. I like it. I mean, call me crazy. I'm going to go Lynch and Sanders. Putting putting you on the hot seat real quick. Do you think DT continues his t- touchdown streak then? Or do you think Sanders no, uh, takes the score here? I don't. And it's because Brock Osweiler loved uh, Demarius Thomas. And before the season started, Demarius scored five out of four, five touchdowns in eight games before the season started. And then we saw Brock Osweiler take over. And it was like seven touchdowns in his last 10 games with Brock Osweiler. Like, Osweiler got the happy feet. He got scared, and he just threw it to Demarius. So I, I think Demarius takes a step back, and now I think it's the Emmanuel Sanders show as long as Paxton Lynch is start. Okay. I like it. I like it. Woodhead is not going to be on a snap count for our Monday night game against Houston. They're playing in Houston. Uh, Alex Collins has been that guy that they said is their, their number one there now, that they're going to feed him the rock. But do you think Woodhead is going to slowly eat out of that role there? So I think for this matchup, it's an interesting matchup, right? Uh, the Houston Texans are ranked number one against running backs in terms of fantasy points given up. They've given up one rushing touchdown this entire season to running backs. Do you know who it was? Uh, nope, can't think of it. Week one, Leonard Fournette scored a rushing touchdown against uh, the Houston yeah, Texans. 100 yards that game. Which I think is pretty impressive considering the fact that they've lost like Merciless, J.J. Watt, you know, really solid guys in their defense. They have given up three rushing touchdowns this season. Do you know who the other guy, he scored two against them? He's got me stumped right now. Quarterback Marcus Mariota scored two rushing touchdowns against the Houston Texans, so they've given up three rushing touchdowns. Okay. But they've done an extremely good job stopping running backs on the ground. So in this matchup, I understand, like, it says Houston Texans, number one against running backs, like, I wrote about it in my Fantasy Pros article, um, Fantasy Flex Plays. 
I think they're going to go with a guy like Danny Woodhead. I mean, he had five catches after being on the IR, right? So, yeah. like, they they got him in the game right away. And this is a game where the Ravens can't just run the ball with Collins. The Collins has looked good, but, I mean, Houston's interior line is legit. Like, they can stop the running back. Like, the stats show that for 10 weeks. So, yeah. I, think, I think the Ravens would be stupid not to use a guy like Woodhead. I think he's a safe flex play, especially in a PPR league. And I understand, like, everything says don't start him with, like, matchups but Danny Woodhead isn't your normal running back no yeah he definitely has a, I think he has a high ceiling because he can c- catch the ball he's out there man he makes moves even with his knee injuries his hamstring I mean he just gets touchdowns and when he was there in San Diego he was just taken off of Melvin Gordon he was not letting Melvin get any type of red zone looks so I think that Woodhead is a decent red zone guy that the, the Ravens are going to utilize without having him on a snap count this week yeah, no, and I, I think he's, again, when you're talking about it, if you're in a PPR league, a guy that's getting five catches a game, I mean, there's your floor right there. Like, yeah. that's so safe. Yeah, you can't, and it gives you a nice ceiling because you could always get those extra touchdowns in there. Um, Greg Olson's back off IR as well a week later than Woodhead, but he's going up against New York Jets, and he hasn't missed a game since his first two games that he missed when he was in the Bears as a rookie. Uh, since. And he's played in every game since. Yep. Uh, we look into – he's obviously going to take away some targets from Funches if he's not on a snap count limit. He's going to take away from there. Do you think he returns to his averages of whatever he's been doing with Cam? I can't go off. Well, I know he's had three straight years of 1,000 yards, which has, like, never been done before by a tight end. Like, Greg Olson has always been the safety blanket for a guy like Cam Newton. And is it going to take away from everybody on that offense? Yes, I, I believe it is. And I think it's even going to take away from a guy like Chris McCaffrey. I mean, McCaffrey's been unbelievable this year, especially in PPR leagues. I mean, he's got like, I think it's 59 catches. And I think he's kind of been that safety blanket for a guy like Olsen. But now when you add a guy like Olsen to this team, he's he's they have to use him. Like I, I still think he's like their best option receiver. And right now in the world that we live in with tight ends, I mean, it's realistically like Gronk, Ertz, Kelsey – and then it's a coin flip. Like, I don't know who the hell is going to score. And with a guy like Greg Olson, like, I, I think he just gets reinserted into being, like, a no-doubt tight end one. Like, I guess Jimmy Graham right now has been playing well. But, like, I'm going to start Olson. Like, unless I don't have, like, one of those guys that I just mentioned, mentioned I'm starting Olson. But I do think he kind of cuts in a little bit to a guy like McCaffrey. Yes, he's going to cut into, like, Funchess. Um, I think Jonathan Stewart. Let's not forget Jonathan Stewart. Like, I, I wrote about him in my Flex article I was uh, this reading past a little week. bit of that before I hopped on here. Like, Jonathan Stewart, like, if they would not have had a bye, I feel like people would be, like, trying to go get Stewart. Like, 17 carries, 110 yards. Like, yes, Stewart hasn't looked good, but, I mean, this we know Carolina wants to run the ball, and McCaffrey just hasn't been good through the tackles, and if Olsen can get them into the red zone more, make this offense better, I think it could lead to just more scoring opportunities for a guy like Stewart, who I think is a safe flex play in a standard league, but... I don't know. I, I think Olsen, I don't know, back to the question, is no doubt if he's healthy, you start him unless you have guys like Ertz, Kelsey, Gronk, or maybe Jimmy Graham. Yeah. Uh, going back to your Jonathan Stewart take, Greg Olsen's really good at blocking, so he can lead Jonathan Stewart to Pater, or he's going to open it up enough to where he's not blocking on like a play action or, or not a play action, but with Olsen getting off the line, he's going to open it up because they're going to want to cover him because he's a big target back, usage in the red zone and could lead a way for Stewart to get an opening to go there. So either way, I think it helps Stewart, like you're saying, get that end zone 
or get in the end zone. Yeah, fine. I mean, again, like if if he helps improve the offense for a guy like Stewart, who I don't personally think is that great of a running back, but I still think if he's if they're on the goal line, it's going to be either like Cam or Stewart. So if they can obviously get in the red zone more, lead to more scoring opportunities, I think that definitely helps out a guy like Stewart. For sure, for sure. So this is something that we threw in you wanted to talk about here was DFS plays this week. Okay. Um, I was looking at some guys last night. Uh, a couple guys you already mentioned was one, Paxton Lynch starting him. He's a real cheap play. Gives you some openings, other wares, openings and other places to use higher dollar values. Uh, go with the safer, safer floor plays. So Paxton Lynch was one of my guys. And then Mariota was another one that I found. Hmm. He wasn't super expensive. He wasn't super cheap, though, like on Lynch's end. But he's facing Indianapolis. Um, Tom Savage looked good against Indianapolis. <laughs> uh, so that's my that's one of my quarterbacks. Or those are my quarterbacks. Who, who's your other quarterback you'd target? Or, and the other guys that you'd target in DFS? So, I don't know. I, I write an article every single week for Gridiron Experts called, like, best, best bang for your buck or best fantasy value plays. So check that out, Gridiron Experts. But the quarterback I really like this week is Andy Dalton. So... Andy Dalton has actually thrived against the Browns, which, sure, a lot of teams have. I get it. But we, like, look at Andy Dalton and this Bengals team, and, yeah, it's still not the prettiest. But if there's a stack that I love this week, it's Andy Dalton and A.J. Green. So Andy Dalton in his last four games against the Browns, 13 touchdowns, zero interceptions. Earlier in week four, Andy Dalton, 286 yards, four touchdowns against the Browns. Andy Dalton's actually been playing a lot better the last few weeks. I mean, he scored five touchdowns the last two weeks, zero inter- zero interceptions. And then you have a guy like A.J. Green. A.J. Green's up there in price. I think Dalton on FanDuel's 7200 and A.J. Green's 8300 But A.J. Green in the last three games against the Browns, 19 catches, 336 yard- 360 yards, and three touchdowns. So, like, he scored a touchdown earlier in the se- like earlier this year against him. This Browns defense is okay. But they're better at the run game. They're better at stopping that with Shelton. They are. And, and like, this offensive line for the Bengals is bad, but A.J. Green's good. Like, that's breaking news. I know, like, that's probably surprising to hear that. But uh, A.J. Green's really effing good. And Andy Dalton, I think, is going to lean on in this game. In a matchup where they, you can't lose to the Browns. Like, every team right now is like, oh, my God, we can't lose to the Browns. No, so because yeah, they've won one game in the last 20, or 26. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, no, and that's uh, it's pretty mind-blowing to me to think about that. But, yeah, A.J. Green, Andy Dalton, that's a stack I'm going with as well. So my running backs I came up with were Booker, who's been taken out of C.J.A.'s time. And as much as you loved C.J.A. a few weeks ago, I was there with you. Uh, <laughs> for whatever reason, that's that's something we're going to live with. Um, Booker's getting a lot more work. Uh, C.J.'s kind of being phased out, it seems like, or getting minimal usage. And then Danny Woodhead was another guy that we talked about starting earlier. He's They're both cheap guys. I think they were both under 4,000 plays um, for DraftKings. That's, that's the only one I looked up on. So those were two guys that I looked at that have nice floors with who they're playing. The Broncos playing the Raiders. They could get up. They could start feeding the ball to Booker. Um, CJA and Charles haven't seen too many carries in the past couple weeks. Uh, so that was... Those were two guys that I liked at running back for cheaper plays if you wanted to get some solid bang for your dollar there and then yeah. invest other places. Yeah, I think Booker's interesting. I mean, 14 carries, 44 yards last week, five catches, 54 yards. So 
Like I, I can definitely see it there, and I like Booker coming out of Utah, and I think the running scheme that the Broncos have implemented this year fits more of his running style that he like played really well at, at Utah. So I don't, I, I like that pick. He was a guy I wrote about um, this past week for like waiver wires and stuff like that. But the running backs, the two running backs, who I really like the one guy is Deion Lewis. I know I mentioned before how I really like the Patriots defense. Well, I like to kind of like double down with the the running back then and. I was super high on Mike Gillisley this coming into the year, and yeah, that first game, three touchdowns. I was like, shit, man, like I'm I'm hitting it out of the park with this one. Well, he's been a healthy scratch the last two weeks, so uh, I'm I've been wrong on that. Rex Burkhead fumbled this past week. Burkhead week was fun. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, call me crazy. I think I think it's Deion Lewis. I think it's a Deion Lewis show. Like, ten plus carries in five straight games, fifty total yards, five straight games. Like. This is a team where I think they're going to be able to lean on their running back, like a guy like Lewis, where they could get, like, obviously a big lead, like Vegas thinks this is going to be a blowout. Um, yeah, man, like, I, I like Deion Lewis at that price tag. And then the other guy who I really like is Tevin Coleman. So I'm sincerely yes. worried about a guy like Devonta Freeman, uh, second concussion that he's had this year, three in the past two seasons. And I wrote an article on him, like, two weeks ago, and basically, like, I would be surprised if he returns even next week. Like, they're they're sincerely concerned about their franchise running back but luckily paid him a lot of money too so you want to make sure he's healthy correct but luckily they have a guy like tevin coleman you know 20 carries in two straight games two rushing touchdowns two straight games and sure the yards per carry isn't what you're looking at but they're going up against the buccaneers who i believe they're 13th against running backs but also this falcons team is starting to just play a lot better and i think it's just gonna they're gonna go up and down the field however they want against the buccaneers and i think it's gonna lead to a touchdown for tevin coleman and if you can get a touchdown and around 20 carries against the Buccaneers, sign me up for that. Uh, okay. Wide receivers got – I know everybody is love-hate Sammy Watkins. I like I've, I believe in Sammy Watkins still. Uh, he was a cheaper play. Robert Woods is out, so he's got to see more time. Robert Woods has been a big factor in that offense. Watkins had that one big game – or not one big game, but he had one big catch for I think it was like six, seven yards. He torched off the defense and got that touchdown. It was his only look, but I like them. I like Watkins as a play, especially with Lattimore being ruled out for the Saints already. Yeah, that was, I was literally just going to say that. The Saints without Lattimore is a, it's a huge loss. And I mean, we saw last week the Saints give up a lot of points to the Redskins. So um, I like that pick. I think Sammy Watkins is, again, we were talking about if you're in a big hole from Thanksgiving, I think Sammy Watkins is a solid play there because, yeah, he can take anything to the house. And that defense without Lattimore, and they're missing – they're missing a few other pieces to that defense. So I think that game is going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, I like the Watkins pick. I've already mentioned guys like A.J. Green. I've mentioned Emmanuel Sanders, why I like those two. Another guy who I think is maybe like a sneakier play is Mohamed Sanu. Mohamed Sanu has been uh, pretty consistent the last four weeks. He scored three touchdowns. And, again, this Buccaneers team, they've given up the most receptions, 146 to wide receivers, the most yards, 1,900-something to wide receivers, and then like 12 touchdowns. So – Sanu's been the guy that find like the red zone, who Matt Ryan's finding in the red zone. Uh, I think Mohamed Sanu's a sneaky play. He was almost one of the guys that made my start sit list, but I kind of I kind of got this vibe to where everybody was like starting Sanu already, so I didn't put yeah. him in there as a must starter, like a stardom guy on FF Dynasty 260. So it was like, I almost put him in there, and then I was like, everybody's pretty much on this already, so I was like, don't need to cover him there. Um, Stills was one of those guys that I thought it was a nice DFS play. He was, give me a second here to find out how much he was again on DraftKings. If my phone will load, <laughs> unless you get it up first. I don't, um, I don't 4, have DraftKings. 4,800. Oh, wow. Um, 
and they're playing what they consider the 31st defense. But we were talking about Matt Moore liking stills. Um, their defense does get burned for some bigger plays downfield. Um, and Patrick Chung was in and out of the game last week, which was one of their starting safeties. Um, so I think that Stills can definitely get his money back and more against that team, against New England. Yeah, no, man, I, I'm on board with it. Uh, tight ends, Greg Olson is a cheap play because he's been out for so many weeks. And uh, Tyler Croft, he had a big first opening week against the Browns, and they're playing them again. He's only 3,900 on DraftKings. He had two touchdowns in that opening week game and I believe 63 yards or more. Okay. Um, so that was one of those guys that I could see being another valuable play down, at, especially especially in the red zone down there. Um, he got a lot of looks down there when they were when they were struggling. Yeah, well, I like I like the Croft play as well. I mean, again, the Browns not very good against tight ends this season, so we're, uh, that's that's kind of fantasy knowledge that we're given on this show today. Yeah. Browns are bad. Um, <laughs> But, like, the, the tight end that I like is tight end for uh, the Raiders, Jared Cook. Believe it or not, Jared Cook leads the Raiders in receiving yards with 535. He's second on the team with receptions, 41. Crabtree has 42, and I think Cooper also has 41. The Denver Broncos have given up touchdowns to a tight end in four straight weeks. They struggle against tight ends, second-worst defense against tight ends this season in terms of fantasy points. So I think Jared Cook's a sneaky play who – Again, like I still can't believe Jared Cook has been as efficient as he has been this year, but uh, he, he has. Like, and it's kind of crazy, but I think at five thousand three hundred on Fanduel, I think Jared Cook's a good play. So, in my article that I wrote on F of Dynasty two sixty, I put he didn't have a great matchup since joining the Raiders against the Bron- Broncos, but there were some catches he should have made, and they were down. He had a, a nice look at, at, in the end zone um, in the first matchup. And it kind of just bounced off his numbers. I was kind of upset about that one. Uh, but he did get, I believe E.J. Manuel might have been playing too at, later on in that game, or that might have been a different game. But he got some, he was getting a lot of red zone looks that game. And that's where I look at guys to see if they're getting the red zone looks, then they're going to pay you off eventually. Um, yep. But red zone is where, where everybody makes their money. You get the most points that way. Everybody knows this. If you didn't know this, well, now you do. Um, but I like that take there too. He was, in, <laughs> he was in the start. He was in the start article as a play for this week, and one that I kind of nice. busted on was Vernon Davis. So that I, mean, I don't know if everybody busted on that one or what. Uh, a little, little. I guess I'll give a tip to you. Um, try to try to avoid writing about guys on Thursday because if you're wrong on them, people won't read your articles Friday through Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now I know that for now. Um, but there was there was there was some good calls in there. I mean, I said to start. Uh, let's see where'd he go. Uh, da, 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 can't find him. Lat Murray. Told told you to start Lat Murray. I said to sit Dak Prescott. Um, I don't recall if Stafford did have a big day against the Vikings. He was in the sit part. But come on, Matt Marvin Jones made a hell of a catch against that yep. team, and it was like a fake double team. Um, Marvin Jones on Thursday. I completely forgot about how good he was. Um, what do you? What do <laughs> sort you of the Vikings. Him? Yeah. What do you? What do you think about him for the rest of the season? Uh, I, see, I think Marvin Jones is actually a pretty talented guy, and he just needs to figure out like the Lions need to figure out what kind of offense they really truly want to be. Like they're either like focusing with like Golden Tate, or they're giving the ball to Marvin Jones, and 
I think their offense moves better with Marvin Jones. I mean, he can stretch out the field. He opens up the run game a lot more. But I think Marvin Jones is a talented guy. I think he's a safe wide receiver, too, for the rest of the year. And uh, But I don't I don't really know the matchups that they have going forward. But I think Marvin Jones safe wide receiver, too. That's good. I like that take. I might have to try to trade for him before my playoffs start in a couple leagues because I'm in some of those leagues where you can trade right till the deadline of the oh. playoffs. So that's it's always yeah. nice. Um, with that, we've covered everything <laughs> that we got on the list. Is there something you want to throw in? Nah, man, I, I think that's good. I should probably get going. I'm going to a Deep Allen Brewing Company. Uh, got to get there at 12 o'clock. So. Uh-oh, got to get, get rolling. Uh, well, got to get rolling. It was rolling. Nice, nice having you on, Mitch. Um, it was. We're always gonna and welcome you back. Uh, cool. I'm Alfredo at Chicken Alfredo on Twitter. Uh, you can find Mitch at Mitchell Runs three six five and everywhere else in the fantasy world. He's got his hands on everything. Yeah, I mean, again, like I'm writer for Chat Sports. They'll get mad at me if I don't uh, no, plug good. my company. So. <laughs> Uh, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, at Chat Sports. Like us on Facebook, uh, Chat Sports. That would be amazing. Um, check out my podcast, the Fantasy Football Rumors Podcast. It's a video podcast that uh, we do, I believe, five days a week now. I love doing it. And, yeah, I write for Gridiron Experts, Fantasy Footballers, Fantasy Pros. But I've been lucky enough where now I can do Fantasy Football and NFL full-time. And I've been very, very gracious for that. So if anybody needs help, getting, I don't know, their foot in the door of fantasy football industry, hit me up on Twitter, at MitchellRens365. I'll see what I can do. Yeah, this guy has loads of knowledge and will help you win leagues or win weeks to win mm-hmm. your leagues every week. He's there for you, and he's an awesome guy. Thanks for Appreciate coming that. on, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the new pod order presented by FFD260.